welcome everyone. We, I wanted to uh, say thank you for for us. Uh, this is the first podcast we'll be that we'll be doing actually a video session. So today we have our very special guests, Becca Park and Mandy On, and um, we are uh, hopeful that this will be a time of encouragement for you, uh, as much as it was uh, fun in for us producing it. All right. So, <clears throat> welcome to the podcast, ladies. Um, <clears throat> just to uh, start off, though, I'd like to ask both of you um, what a little bit of a background that you have. Maybe, you know, what you like to do, any hobbies that you have, um, any big events coming up, uh, anything that you just kind of enjoy doing, kind of share with us. Hi, my name is Rebecca Park. Um, What I do, I am a a critical care registered nurse at Providence Holy Cross Medical Center, which is in Mission Hill, so only like seven minutes away. Um, And hobbies that I have, I'm actually a plant mom. So I have seven um, of my plant babies and children. And I'm also an aunt because my sister has two that I also help take care of sometimes. Um, so that's been my current hobby during this quarantine is taking care of my plant children and babies. Um, and I guess big events, I'm getting married in July. So yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Mandy. I'm a tax accountant. Woohoo! Yay, <laughs> Yay taxes. Um, I'm into coffee, so I do pour over every morning. I like African beans. And I like Marvel and some selective Star Wars stuff because not all Star Wars stuff is great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then since quarantine, I've been to K-dramas as well. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. And big event in my life is that my best friend is getting married. (laughs) Yay. 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 Um, All right, very nice. Um, Thank you for the little bit of a background. So what we always want to try to start off with is your testimonies. And so if we could get um, your testimony for, for the audience, that would be great. So, Becca, why don't we start off with you? Okay. Um, so my testimony is that I grew up at this church. I grew up in a Christian family. Like, my dad is the pastor here, <laughs> and I think you know my mom, too. Um, and so I grew up kind of knowing a lot of Bible knowledge and facts, and I knew who Jesus and God were, but it was more just like kind of like historical facts almost, like how you knew, like, oh, George Washington was like the first president of the United States. It wasn't really anything personal or relational to me in my life. Um, And I think, you know, I can't pinpoint a certain time, but I think kind of what made me start really questioning whether what I believed was because my parents just taught me growing up for so long or if it was because I really did believe in these, um, in Jesus and in God was when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. I think that was the first time where I really had to question, like, is God really in control? Like, I couldn't understand or, like, um, grasp my head around the fact that, um, you know, my dad is pastor of a church and like if my dad were to be taken away, it's not just affecting my family, but it's affecting a lot of other people too. Um, and I was only um, 13 at the time. I was in seventh grade, 
And my mom also just had Micah. So he was less than one years old. He wasn't even one years old. He was like still in diapers. Noah was probably like three. And then Chloe was like um, like nine or 10. And so I felt a lot of just burden and just a lot of weight on my shoulders because I was the oldest kid in my family. And I didn't know if God loved us or God loved me, but like they always told me that. And it was just this internal struggle of just, um, trying to understand who is God, like, is this real? Like, what is heaven? What is hell? Are those things real too? Um, and I was going to Grace Community Youth Group at that time because our church didn't have a youth group. Um, and I remember telling my small group leader and she told me to read through the book of James. And so I was reading through James and like one of the first verses talks about how to count um, trials as joy. And I just remember reading that and I just started laughing because I couldn't understand like how that's even possible. Like, are you kidding me? Like all these things I'm going through right now, like what are you talking about, God? Like how I can count this as joy. Um, So it was just that long period of time of a few months where I just kept rereading the book of James over and over and over again and just praying to God and just crying out like, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're there. I've been told you are, but I don't know what's happening right now. And um, I think just through that whole process of just um, really just coming to God every day and just with so many questions, so many doubts, like in just reading through James over and over, like he eventually led me to um, understand like the end of James. I think in James 4, it talks about how life is a vapor mm-hmm. and it's just a mist. And you could say, you'll do this and do that. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not the ones in control of our lives. God is. Um, And I think he really used that to help me understand, like, everything I have in my life, like, even my family, um, it's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. It's not mine to say, like, oh, I I need to have, like, I'm obligated and entitled to have my parents here um, until I want them, like, not here or don't need them anymore. Like, God is the one who's in control of that. Um, And he really softened my heart to make me realize, like, I need a Savior and there's something more to live for than just myself um and really that i was holding on to a lot of things in this world he i think he slowly helped me realize i was holding on to a lot of things and it's an all or nothing like you're either a hundred percent jesus and you release everything and surrender everything to god even my family life um, my grades like my friendships relationships all of that it's um either all gods or it's not um and so just like going through that and struggling through understanding uh, really what it means to surrender my whole heart and life um, and everything part of it to the Lord and just follow after him. I don't think there's like a specific time, but it's kind of the process and journey for me. Very nice. Um, yes, I would, I would definitely echo that, uh, you know, your father having, having cancer was a very uh, trying time for the entire family. So, um, we, we hold something similar. I don't have a specific time frame when I became a believer. I just know now I am. So thank you for that, <clears throat> Ms. Park. And Mandy, how about you? Uh, what is your testimony? Mm, very similar to Becca's. Grew up at this church. Um, my parents were uh, one of the original members at IBC, so I was Born into this church, had one friend <laughs> the entire we were time. Each other's only That's friends. right. That's <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, just um, IBC is a really solid church, and there is a lot of good teaching from the Word. And I'm very thankful that, um, like, my knowledge of who God is and 
what the Bible is, is um, very rich. And I think what comes with that is just kind of being on autopilot and feeling kind of jaded to like what the gospel is. It's like, yeah, I know that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins. And overall, I think growing up, um, I thought of myself as like a good kid. You know, I went to church every Sunday. (laughs) I obeyed my parents. Um, So I think the concept of sin didn't really sink into my heart as much growing up until middle school. Mm. And that's where all the good old teenage angst comes in. (laughs) And you just become really rebellious. And I think there was a one point in time in like eighth grade where I had lied to my parents. And then I Mm. felt really, really guilty. Like I couldn't sleep that night. It was so weird. And then I came clean and I like told them, you know, like, hey, I lied to you. I'm really sorry. And and I got punished for it. And like I um, broke that that trust that they had with me. And I fully like accepted it because I knew that when you do something wrong, there needs to be punishment. So I think that was like the first time where I acknowledged like that I am a bad person and there is like sin in me and it's like really dirty and it makes me feel very shameful. Um, Can I ask what the lie was? Or you want to, you don't want to say? I don't want to say. Okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so I guess that was like puzzle piece number one of understanding the gospel. Um, then in ninth grade, that's when our church started youth group. And it was me, Becca, <laughs> <laughs> and like three or four sixth graders. Yeah. Uh, it's very small, but it was like really, really good time. And in that year, we were going through Philippians, um, and one verse really stuck out to me. Uh, it was Philippians one twenty one: to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And when we were studying that, um, we really looked into the like grammatical structure of it, like to live is Christ. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't really right. make sense. So when our youth pastor was explaining it to us, he was saying that like to live is not to be like Christ, or to live is not to think of Christ, to live is Christ. Like your entire life ought to just be Christ. And I was thinking about my own life and how my life didn't really reflect that. And I think at that time, it all just kind of like clicked, like the gospel. Like I'm a sinner and sin deserves punishment and I deserve to go to hell. Um, But then Jesus came and took my place for me on the cross and took God's wrath. And if I accept him into my heart, then my life ought to be Christ, um, like 100% of it. And I, I remember the exact date I like wow. prayed <laughs> to God um, to um, just let him in my heart. And it was October 19th, 2011. So I was like 14 at the time. Um, and then I got baptized a few months later, and yeah, that's how I became saved. Oh, that's a good good story. Um, <laughs> good story. Well, kind of along that line, um, I mean, I've had the privilege of knowing both of you your entire lives, right? Like a handful of us at the church have. And I could actually re- distinctly remember being at the hospital day after you were born, being at the hospital day after you were born, and I actually remember, I don't know how I can do this, but I actually remember what you were wearing at six months at the hospital. 
you were wearing these blue overalls, and um, your, your dad, I, I distinctly remember the scene in the hospital room. For some reason, it's etched in my brain. So you guys have actually met each other since the second day of your life for you. Um, <clears throat> so ha- having said that, um, you two were the first two kids in our church, you know, the first two, you know, children's group, uh, first two <laughs> youth group, everything. And I can remember when we first started our church in Glendale, it was easy to take care of the kids because there was only two of you. All we needed was like this little gray playpen and one person to watch. And I did that several Sundays where you guys would just play with your things and I would just sit there. Um, so having that background, did either of you ever feel pressure in any way to do something or be something because you two were the first two kids uh, of the church, coming from families who started the church itself. We'll start with you, Mandy, if you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I felt it the most in like children's church slash Sunday school because uh, a lot of the kids were significantly younger than us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no one ever told me like, oh, you have to be a good example, but I felt like, oh, I have to be a good example to these younger kids and try to like suppress the chaos Mm-hmm. as much as I can and help out the Sunday school teachers, that kind of thing. Um, but I think, like, after that, it's just kind of, like, the norm. And I don't know, maybe um, it was, like, fear of man that kind of resonated, like, after that. I don't know, but it just kind of, like, went away after a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about you, Becca? Um, I think definitely like growing up, I felt pressure um, just to be a good kid or like be a good example, especially because, you know, my dad um, is a pastor here and, you know, as the oldest. Um, And I think I I struggled with that a lot um, and like ever since I was younger. But when I look back now, because I don't feel any more pressure anymore. And I try to figure out why I felt that way. I think a lot of it was because of myself. Like Mm. I almost put myself on this, like I set a very high standard for myself and I felt like I always had to fulfill it. Um, And like, it wasn't because anyone was saying anything um, to put pressure on me, but it was because I felt like I needed to be a good example. Like it was very like self-centered in that way. And I think once I stopped looking so much towards myself and like what how I was viewed or like making sure I'm like checking off all these boxes to make sure I'm like being good pastor's kid good daughter good example like that's when all the pressure kind of just dissolved because I was it was very self-inflicted I guess mm-hmm. kind of on a related question um I didn't give this to you but I'm just thinking about it did you ever want to just kind of not do certain things that maybe the church kind of um, quietly gave you direction on? Like, did you want to just say on a Sunday, you know what, I don't want to go to church. I just want to go goof off with my friends or anything like that. You know, I don't want to go to youth group or, you know, or was it always just something that you just kind of did um, and you didn't mind? I think, like, in youth group, because a lot of my friends did stuff Friday nights, Mm. it's, like, I felt like I missed out Mm. on that. But 
I feel like, mm, at least to me, there wasn't an option to skip youth group. Okay. <laughs> That's what it felt Parents like. Parents took you, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. it's also like at my house sometimes. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, it's like, oh, youth group and church should come first. And I think like when you kind of start like giving leeway and like, um, just like skipping these things, then it turns into like a habit almost. Mm. So, yeah, youth group Friday nights. Okay. Anything for you back? Uh, that- no, I think it's like same, very similar. Same thing, like youth group Friday nights, because like it's like football games or Friday nights, and like when you're in high school, that's like such a big deal, that's right. right? Like, um, like all my friends are going. Like, I want to be part of the cheering stands or whatever. Um, but looking back now, like. I'm glad that my parents did encourage me to go to youth group Friday nights. Um, Cause like at the end of the day, like I don't remember any of like, the like games. the football games, the ones that I did go to at, yeah. like once in a blue moon. Right. Um, but then like, I'm still friends with Mandy and mm. like, even like those, the people that were like, we thought were so much younger than us back then. Like sixth graders when we were like, what? Like ninth grade, ninth grade, like, um, like, I don't know, like, there's, like, my family, you know, and so. You know, um, <clears throat> kind of going off script again, um, I think one of the things that have always been great at our church in recent times is the youth group. And I think that one of the best things about the youth group is literally people have become friends for life from the youth group. And so you two being growing up in the church, and you both live and see me, but are, are in difference different ends, so you didn't go to the same schools. Um, how would you say in terms of your relationship at school or with your friends? Did you have Christian friends at school, and did they kind of keep you um, encouraged, kind of on the, on the right track, the straight and narrow, versus were there um, friends that were kind of the opposite of what you believed in church, and you were kind of relieved to go to a youth group or Sundays to kind of get away from that? Because I've, I've heard both from some of the youth youth group kids that have gone in the past. I was the only Christian in my friend group in high school. Um, My high school is like pretty liberal. So I had friends that, you know, identified in like the LGBTQ um, like community and they knew where I stood Mm. and I knew where they stood. And there was like, a mutual respect, which I'm like very thankful for. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, like I guess my only Christian friend growing up was Becca. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't, mm, I didn't really like have two separate, I don't know, worlds almost like, okay. Oh, my secular high school world. And then like my church world, like in my high school age. So I don't know. It's like, it, it was just life. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. My only Christian friend growing up was Mandy. Um, I was the only Christian out of my friend group also. Um, and I think I would try to like ask them if they wanted to come to church with me on Easter and like, you know, like the big holidays, right, right. like Easter and Christmas. I'm like, Oh, we have like a special Sunday service. And then they'd always be like, no, it's too early. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm still friends with them today. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think that it's it's always good for us to have non-believing friends too, right? We don't want to isolate ourselves just with 
believing friends because that's the whole purpose why we're here now, right? We need to evangelize. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I mean, again, just emphasizing the fact that you guys did grow up in the church and, you know, everybody who was at the church have known you for their entire life. Um, is, is there anything that, um, well, a couple things. Is there something that you really appreciated about the church growing up? Uh, you know, just some of the things that stood out. And on the reverse, is there something that you feel like the church could have done better for you because you were the first two children's, first two youth group, um, and, and so many other different things? You know, you guys were the experiments for the church <laughs> in many ways. So, Becca, we'll, we'll start with you if, uh, if that's okay. What was the first question? <laughs> the first question is something you appreciated about oh, the church. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think what I really appreciate about the church, I don't think I really realized until I went to college and I talked to a lot of other like Christians who grew up in a lot of different other different churches is like how I guess like familial and like family focused our churches and like how I felt like I had so many like different aunts and uncles and like um, at church um, and they all really genuinely cared for me and knew um, my family and um I don't know. It's just like a special like bonds and connection there. Um, also, I think I appreciated like how our church was very um, just like centered on scripture and just really emphasized that. But they also really were just so loving too. Mm. It's like having the balance of both, you know. Okay. <clears throat> what about you? Something that you appreciate, Mandy? Mm. Pretty much what Becca said. Um, I think IBC is um, like just a big family and everyone knows each other. Everyone cares for each other and loves each other genuinely. And I think something I really appreciated was is just how sacrificial all the members are. Um, just sacrificing their time and their energy, especially because we're like a commuter church too. So we all live like pretty far apart. But the way that the members still love and care for each other, despite like the distance mm. has been very like inspiring and encouraging. And I'm very, very thankful to have been like brought up in a community like this. Mm, very yeah. nice. What about the opposite side then the question um, <clears throat> of something you wish that the church could have done better while you were growing up. So We'll try to limit to like maybe one or two, you know, because I'm sure there's many others. <laughs> um, Mandy, we'll start with you if that's okay. Um, well, I mean, we're the only two kids, so we got a lot of love and attention growing up, okay. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't lack in that, okay. <laughs> for sure. Um, mm, I mean, this is like out of like everyone's control, but I think it would have been really cool to have like older peers like that were Christians, um, just to have people to kind of like look up to and kind of like take care of us like older brothers or sisters. Um, Cause like going to college and then like joining Christian fellowship and having like um, older Christians, like one or two years older than us was like really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, cause we were just kind of like figuring out stuff on our own, like blind leading blind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that's like out of, Everyone's control. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. How about you, Becca? Mm, 
know. I feel like, you know, we were the experimental kids and everyone tried their best. <laughs> we turned out okay. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like, you know, if they try their best, you can't really ask for much more to be better, you know? Like, yeah, it may not have been perfect, but like at least people tried their best to take care of us, right? You know, I think that that's actually a great statement that uh, both of you turned out just fine. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, again, it's not the fact that, you know, <clears throat> you don't have, you, you, it's not the fact that you're living perfect lives, but as a whole, um, I mean, I've known people in the past where, you know, after youth group, they were completely gone from the church. After they graduated high school, they never stepped back into a church again. And I don't know how they get the staff, but they say um, some, some of the stuff that I read is like 50% of youth group kids are not around after, you know, and so we don't know if they were really just having a good time and never learned the basics of the faith, or they just decided that they it was not for them, whatever the reason, right? So we were batting 100% with the two of you, right? Because <laughs> you were the first two, and you guys kept on going. So I actually want to ask you about your experience of AACF, because, you know, Mandy, you brought it up. You're both involved at UCLA AACF. How has how did that experience kind of impact your life? Um, you know, positive or negative, or something that you learned, something you could take. Um, Becca, we'll start with you if that's okay. Um, I think like Mandy touched on it. Like it was the first time having like Christian peers our age. Like besides, like just having that <laughs> one person, um, and it was really nice to have like someone just like a year or two older like just seeing how they how much they love Jesus like I think like you know growing up it was like the neck it was like us and then the jump went all the way to like late 20s right and it's like you can look up to those people for sure um, and see you know their love for Jesus but it's very different seeing also kind of like people your own age like maybe just only a year or a year or two older than you and I think that was really encouraging. Okay. Very nice. How about you, Mandy? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think having that exposure to, like, having older brothers and sisters in Christ was uh, really neat. And I think um, I grew a lot being in ACF, just, like, seeing how... Um, like how to live as a Christian in the day-to-day because we like lived with other believers too and just being encouraged by them um, that was that was really um, huge in my uh, my spiritual growth as well and I think also it made me really appreciate the church um, because it's a student-run ministry and you know there are some things that like lack of course so towards the end of college um just like looking to IBC and seeing how great of a community it is it it really grew my love for the church Mm. more Mm. very nice you know I I have to say that um there's a very good place for good college ministries you know whether it's church sponsored or it's parachurch you know on their own I think that what both of you guys said is just the community aspect, uh, the peer community aspect. You know, you guys are literally walking the walk together and pushing each other. 
you know, going through the same struggles. You know, you got to study. You, you got to <laughs> put in all this time for finals or whatever, projects. But through it all, the busyness, you can always walk together. So I see college ministry as an important aspect of anybody's life, and uh, I think uh, it's great. Um, <clears throat> what is something that you wish people knew about you? Um, it could be as detailed or general as you would like to be. So, uh, Mandy, let's let's uh, start with you, if you could. Oh, I only wrote down one thing. Okay. <laughs> I put that I'm a little shy. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Okay. All right. How about you, Beck? Um, one thing, I don't know if I wish people knew this about me, but something about me, I don't know if everyone knows or not, is that I really don't like driving. Like, I, I don't like driving. So the fact that if I drive to see you or, like, meet up with you, that means a lot. Okay. <laughs> it does. Okay. Yeah. How come you don't like driving? Uh, mm, I don't know. It's very tiring because okay. I feel like you use a lot of mental energy. You know, okay. you got to scan the road. And then, you know, people are – it's not always you. It's the people around you. Uh, yes, yes. Can't trust them. Yes, yes. Um, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> What's a fond memory you have of growing up in the church or just your Christian life in general? I mean, you guys kind of mentioned, you know, you like the community aspect, but is there a specific memory that you guys have that um, that you like, that kind of stood out? Do you remember that one family camp retreat where, like, your brothers did that dance? Which one? There were so many. Oh, the one where Matthew wore that hat and did that standing worm. <laughs> you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, one. right? I don't know why. That was just a great moment. And, like, I'll, I have very, like, I, I think about that and I, like, smile. And then the thing is, um, he did it every time you saw him at that retreat. You know? <laughs> it's like, hey, how you doing, Matthew? And then he starts doing the worm and stuff, you know? So, uh, yeah, he won't do it anymore, even if you ask him. How come? <laughs> I think he's shy. <laughs> really? Yeah. He seemed like the opposite of that when he was growing up at, at that retreat. Um, any, any memories for you, Mandy, that you can think of? Uh, I think they're all, like, uh, related to retreat. Okay. Family retreat's the best. Like, the, the evening entertainment. Oh, I just yeah. love how crazy our church is. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're a funny bunch, yeah. and I like that we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, we were, talking, we were talking before this happened, and we can remember one of the individuals uh, dressed up like a savage in one of, the, uh, one of the talent shows in our 10th anniversary, and uh, I won't name him or whatever, but that was just at another level. I, I remember sitting there thinking, what kind of nonsense is this? You know, it's like... If somebody saw our church just for this, I don't know if they'd come back. <laughs> you know? Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I mean, like, a, a, we're, we're almost, uh, almost kind of at the end of this, but um, do either of you have any words of wisdom that you would like to share with um, just even, like, you know, the younger crowd or maybe even, like, for the older parents to expect from their kids or any, anything how to raise their kids, whatever. 
Any, anything that you would like to tell our audience um, from growing up? Um, I think for kids or people growing up in this church to really like take advantage almost of like the resources, I guess you have here, like the fact that you have so many people who do love you. And if you feel like you're going through something or struggling through something, like these aren't people that will judge you. Like, I feel like all of the members at our church, like you can just be very open and they will just like, um, whatever you're going through, like they'll just like be there for you and like be able to encourage you and comfort you and just love you. And so don't be afraid to just, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like take advantage of that because I feel like, I don't know what other word choice to use, but like really embrace that and just don't take it for granted. Mm. Um, just that like love that there is here. Okay. What are you, Mandy? Uh, well, first, I just want to say that like IVC parents are like really awesome because we've had friends that would provide childcare at our family retreats. And then they would say that like, dang, IVC kids are the most well-behaved kids we've ever like babysat before. Wow. And we're like, really? Our kids are crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that like that says a lot just in how um, like, you know, the parents are raising their kids and how um, the kids are just so respectful. So uh, like props to IVC parents. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, but I think one thing I'd say is to make God come first in your life. Um, like grades and extracurriculars are important. Like getting into college is important and you should study hard, but um, God still needs to be number one. Um, Like God shouldn't just be for Sunday mornings or for like right before meals, but God needs to be like involved in every aspect of your life. And it's, it's hard to kind of know what that looks like when you're a kid But um, I don't know. I wish that, like, I thought about that more growing up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question. Um, what are you looking forward to in, in your life, near future, long term, et cetera? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. Life is like, you never know what's going to happen. So, I don't know. I just take everything as it comes. Okay. With, and try to have a good attitude. <laughs> All right. Anything for you, Mandy? Looking forward to? Mm, I'm normally like a super planny kind of person. Like, I like setting plans. But, I mean, this past year, all my plans are just like, gone so i'm trying to i'm trying to take things day by day as well um also just like yeah day by day um like live every day you know as if jesus is coming back that phrase and um yeah just like assessing my need for jesus every day that's like not really answering your question but that's okay (laughs) i'm excited to get or looking forward to get married okay (laughs) That's probably a good event that you're looking forward to. Um, uh, where are you guys going for your honeymoon again? Uh, Hawaii. Okay. Hopefully, if everything's okay. like COVID okay. Um, I think they're open now, right? Right, Hawaii? I think 
so. Okay. It's, I mean, I personally love Hawaii. I've never been to Maui, which is a very marriage destination island. But from Oahu, I, I mean, I, I love the food there for sure. So, um, okay, for my real last question, since I lied last time, um, is there anything else you would like for us to know? Anything, just generally speaking, that you would like to tell us? Uh, I thought of another fond memory. I don't know. Okay. All right. I think another really fond memory where I look back and I always smile is when I think of like um, the IBC youth retreats. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many. I like wish I could list off all the fond memories. Like I have a top two. I'll go really fast. Okay. Because like I don't know where we are with time. But the first is like, um, and it's always when I'm on staff. Like those were the awesome memories i think like one of the games like rob it does such a good job at putting on like um like these epic night games for the kids and there's one where we're like um i forgot exactly what the game rules were but me and another staffer were in charge of like this booth and then we had to make the kids do whatever we told them to do in order to like get past (laughs) so i think one of the kids we made them like for two minutes straight just shower us with compliments so we put on a a timer (laughs) or like you just have to say good things about it so all these kids were like oh my gosh for two minutes straight and then like other stuff like i think one (laughs) we like um put in a trash like a clean trash can and then they rolled down like a tiny hill they're fine i mean they, they had a good time probably yeah and then the kid had a good time you know and like um or even some of the relay races that we do it's just so funny it's just i love serving on youth staff it's the best yeah okay that's yeah, that was a fond memory sorry that was i, got, like, I gotta yeah. tell you youth youth retreats and stuff they do some of the craziest stuff I remember one time I was in I was on on a staff and uh, they had a great race type of thing, and my station was that whoever was there, they basically the team was there and an individual had to be chosen. We blindfolded them, and then what I would do is I would take out a raw onion peeled, and I would say your team can't leave until you eat this, <laughs> and so for most people when they actually start biting it they think it's an apple. Because it tastes like an apple. But the thing is, once the onion effect happens, I mean, they were just streaming with tears. And I was responsible saying, you can't leave until you finish that. It was a smaller onion, but man, some of the stuff that you did, it was absolutely crazy. You know, (laughs) that was absolutely crazy. They tie their hands together for mealtimes. So they're like this, like stuck together. And if they want to go to the salad bar... Everyone at the table <laughs> has to go up just for that one person to get salad. And, like, the person at the end has to, like, scoop it on for them. And they're, oh. like, trying to feed each other. Oh, that's great. So oh, that's great. Youth group retreats are so, so fun. Um, how about you, Mandy? Do you have anything? Oh, I was just going to piggyback off a youth retreat. Okay. Um, the yeah, the, the tying hands thing. And then we also, like, make them mix concoctions from, like, the salad bar and, like, drink it. Oh, and then yeah. <laughs> the the retreat site staff well. apparently they they came up to um our youth staff and they're like you guys are the craziest church we've ever had at this <laughs> retreat site and we're just like thank you <laughs> we took it as a compliment um yeah like ranch and tabasco yeah. and like like all this nasty yeah. stuff yeah i think that that came from 
well, we did that too, right? And so it was a line where it was called basomatic, right? And it's called basomatic because at the end they put a raw fish in there. Right? I mean, it was just some of the grossest stuff. But it's crazy that when you tell the entire team you can't leave to the next station until everybody drinks this, they do it. The craziest thing that I had to do was at one of these youth retreats, even though I was on staff, I was a part of the game. And so I was at the station where we had to eat half a watermelon, right? Which wasn't that difficult. It was just the three of us, right? What happened, though, was that one of the guys, he just couldn't hold it down, and he threw it up, (gasps) right? The guy said, we couldn't leave as a team until we ate it all. (laughs) So me and this other guy, we ate it all. Okay, we're not that crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that was, I can't believe we did it. But uh, everybody on the team, outside of me and the guy who had to eat it, kept on telling us we had to do it. So, yeah, it was just whatever. Man, our kids um, should be thankful. We're not yeah. that crazy. <laughs> yeah, if I, was, if I was in charge of that, that would be a no, okay? I was like, no, we don't do stuff like that. But, um, well, I do appreciate uh, the time that you guys have had with us for the uh, broadcast. It's our first season doing a video So, you know, we're trying to constantly improve on things and uh, do it better. Um, I think personally that uh, the the church will be very appreciative because, you know, it's kind of like we've always seen you guys grow up at the church, but we never kind of really heard your story. So it's kind of nice to kind of hear your perspective on things. So we do thank you for your time. And this actually concludes our our podcast. So thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)